Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, builders. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. Wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this, we welcome you to listen to the Build Your Success Podcast today. We thank you for listening to the podcast. If you're a returning listener, we appreciate you coming back. If you're new to the show, welcome aboard. Here at the Build Your Success Podcast, we like to build you so you can build others. We do that through our training events, speaking events. We also do that through this podcast with our special guest. I am delighted today to have Dave Sanderson. Let me tell you a little bit about Dave Sanderson. Dave Sanderson is the president of Dave Sanderson Speaks International. He's also an author One of his books is Moments Matter. We'll talk about some of his other books in the podcast. Something crazy and and inspirational about Dave. He was the last passenger off the Miracle on the Hudson, and that experience has helped him, and he now helps others employ their personal leadership skills to find out what their distinct advantage is, and we're going to talk about distinct advantage later. He was also worked with Tony Robbins as a security guy, so He's got an awesome bio, just a lot of great things he's done in life, and we're going to talk about that here on the podcast. So welcome to the podcast today, Dave. Brian, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be on with you today. Yeah, you came recommended from my friend Larry Levine. Larry and I are working on a book project called Voices for Leadership, and uh, he was a great uh, guest on the podcast. We talked about selling from the heart. He's just a great, he has that book and is a best-selling author, just a friend now. So thanks. Shout out to Larry for in, in introducing us. Yeah, same here. Larry's a great friend of mine and I'm, he's really got a good pathway about uh, when it comes to the world of selling. Yeah. So Dave, before we dive into this awesome life you've lived, let's, let's, let's get from you our signature question. What does leadership and being a leader mean to Dave Sanderson? Well, thank you. I, you know, I, I think everybody has leadership that starts with personal leadership. How do you lead yourself first? And I, that's what I specifically talk about because if you can't lead yourself, how can you lead other people? So I really focus on those leadership skills that you need to be able to use in times, not only in good times, but in challenging times like we've had. But I'll share one quick thing. You know, what I learned from a great leader, at least in my perspective, Norman Schwarzkopf, when I had the opportunity to escort him back in 2000. And I asked him a little bit about leadership. And he told me what his, his mission on leadership was keeping people focused on the mission. He said that was his daily guidance every day when he went into the field with his troops is he will keep people focused on the mission and he gave me the example of you know the, the mission was in iraq kicking saddam out of kuwait it wasn't going to baghdad it wasn't doing any of this and by the way you know you know when they had to pray five times a day and women had to cover their faces but he said how's that contribute to kicking saddam out of kuwait so i think part of leadership is you got got to really focus on your personal mission, but help people focus on the big mission. Yeah, hey, Storm and Norman, boy, that's that's a blast from the past. That was a great general, and what a, what a mission they could accomplish there in such a short period of time. That's and it right. took that focused leadership to do that so so promptly and so quickly. Yeah, that, well, they that, 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 that was that a great experience a, being around yeah, somebody that, a general like that. Great experience. Yeah. And, and he was a great leader. What a great example to define leadership. And, and just it's great you talked about leading yourself first. I think that's so important. 
I think that's why we talk about here about building yourself, you know, grow, grow and develop yourself and then you'll be better equipped to grow and develop others. So that, that's wonderful. Well, let's talk about your experience as the last passenger off the airplane as known as the miracle on the Hudson. Just give us some insight about how that happened, what happened and, and what was going on in the minds of you and other passengers and, and how, how y'all just were able to get off that plane and everyone survive. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's an amazing experience because, number one, I was not supposed to be on that plane. I think that – and I tell people that because I was scheduled to be on the 5 o'clock flight. So I think I was on that plane for a reason and a purpose. And as I look back on this entire experience, I think everybody on that plane was in a specific place on that plane for a reason and a purpose. Uh, and so, you know, one of the things that also stands out to me about that day is, uh, you know, when you and I were talking about this a little bit, there's really two parts of this experience. Number one – the amazing journey of the captain and what he did that day. He did a fabulous job that day, and I'll be forever grateful. I mean, being able to take a disabled plane and glide it to a, a, a yes, it was a hard landing, very hard landing, but it got it down. But then you got phase two. Now you got a, a plane that's sinking in the Hudson River very quickly. I mean, it went the backside went down immediately, but it went down to the bottom uh, roughly 24 minutes. It was uh, you know the nose was sticking out, so. It's, uh, it was going out quickly. So I tell people the part two of this, and it really comes to leadership, is the passenger makeup of that plane. And I really didn't understand what that meant, Brian, until I had the opportunity to speak to a captain when we were in Orlando, Florida. I was flying back from a business trip. And at that time, I was very blessed that I got upgraded a lot. Um, it's, it's one of those nice things that I was able to do. Got to meet the captain. And he told me, he gave me a perspective. He said, listen, even if I could do what the captain did in New York here in Orlando, if that happened here, it doesn't matter. And I said, why? He goes, it's because of the passenger makeup. He said, look at the passenger makeup of the planes that are coming out of here. And you look around, right? It's people going to amusement parks and on vacation. He said, look at the passenger makeup of your plane. 90% of the people are business people. People who can make decisions, handle themselves. He said, that had so much to do with that outcome. Yes, getting the plane down was an amazing experience, but how the passengers led themselves and had, had other people stepped up to lead other passengers. Because one of the things that doesn't get talked about a lot, Brian, is this. I went out the right side of the plane. I went out 10F. But the thing about it was the, the flight attendant who was supposed to be at that door got injured. She was in the back and got injured. So the right side of the plane had to be managed and led by passengers who had zero experience in a, in a plane crash or even training of a plane crash. So I tell people that's when leadership really steps up because it doesn't matter if you have leaders, they can lead through anything. And that's that's the distinction I like really for people to understand. Yeah, you can have COVID, you can have you know, social unrest, you can have all these, you can have a plane crash. But if there's a, if you're really a leader, you can step in and lead people and understand, get them focused on the mission at hand and get it done. And that's what really the story on the right side of the plane was. The passenger makeup of the plane had everything to do with that, the way that thing turned out. Listeners, if you're li if you're if you're listening and you have a pen handy, write this down. If you're a leader, you can lead anything. You heard that from Dave. Th that yep. that is a, that's powerful uh, to think about. You didn't have the training, but you yep. but you were capable of being a leader. And in the moment, you stepped up to lead. You, here here's here's the challenge. This is how we're going to overcome it, and this is what right. we're going to do when we realize the flight attendant is 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 can't can't help us. So we have She's to help disabled. ourselves. She's disabled, right? Oh, no man. I tell you that that is powerful, man. And and yep. 
you know, the, this, all the, the emotions, the rawness of, of what just happened. Remind us, what was the temperature of the water like that day? We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict? reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. So the air temperature was 11 degrees and the water temperature was 36 degrees. And, you know, and I feel like, well, weren't you freezing? Well, you, you got so much adrenaline going, right? You don't feel it till you get out. Cause you know, I just, I, I think I mentioned, I just went back and swam back to the Hudson river and swam um, with the Navy seals and the water temperature in the middle of the summer was 68, which is still cold. So yeah, it was a, uh, it was pretty, pretty, pretty cold water. And you, but once you get out, you realize how cold it really was. And Dave, you're talking to a sixth generation native Floridian, which is a rare breed. We're, we're going extinct down here in Florida, but man, I just can't even imagine those kind of temperatures at, at getting in water and, and you're standing in this water and you're the, I mean, you're the last passenger to, to, to exit the plane, which tells me you made some sacrifices for others. Well, and be very candid, it wasn't the game plan. I mean, I mean, my game plan, because one of the things I learned, you know, through my years is when you got something on, you better have a game plan to be able to execute. And my game plan was aisle up out, aisle up out. That's what I kept saying in my head. If I survive this thing, get to the aisle, get up, get out. But when I got to the aisle, my game plan flipped 180 degrees. And that's when everything changed because I heard my mother start talking to me. My mother passed away in 1997. But there's something she would tell me when I was a child that popped into my head. and was, if you do the right thing, God will take care of you. And I grew up in small towns where everybody knew everybody and everybody took care of everybody. So that's why I climbed over the seats towards the back to see if anybody needed help in the back and just started making my way out with everybody in the back. And that's how I became the last passenger out. It wasn't because it was the game plan. It was because I heard my mom say, if you do the right thing, God will take care of you. And ultimately, he did. Wow. Unbelievable. When we first, you and I had a conversation before we started the podcast, yep. and you talked about previous training that prepared you for this. Tell the tell the listeners what 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 helped you be ready for, to to be a leader in this situation. Well, thank you. I was very blessed. Uh, two things. Number one, 1984, I had a mentor that came into my life. Uh, his name was Bill, and he he uh, he was known around. He wore, he wore a flannel shirt, drove a pickup truck, but he owned over 80 movie theaters and restaurants in North and South Carolina. So he was. I call him the Sam Walton of Charlotte, right? But he taught me all these leadership lessons that he learned back in the 30s when he was opening up his business of the, really the mindset of success. But what really amped that up is when after Bill passed away in 1997, Tony Robbins asked me to be his assistant head of security and then head of security. So I got mentored by Tony on these on, on really how to manage your mind, right? How to how to go about and really use all these skill sets to be able to not only influence, but also influence yourself and be able to stand up and lead when it comes to, it comes to times of uh, challenge. So I was very blessed to have two people came into my life one after the other. And my time with Tony was definitely, um, he really just gave me some distinctions that I, 
I was so blessed to have and use that day on the plane. Wow, Dave. How long did you work with Tony? Uh, if you count all the, the years of being on the team and an assistant head of security, I think it was like 13 years. Uh, 10 years I was head of security. Wow. And, and to hear that Tony takes the time to influence team members just, just goes to show he, he's, he's genuine in, in helping people with the mindset. Well, Tony, you know, one thing I tell about Tony, Tony has standards, right? And he, he expects you to play at that standard. And that's one of the reasons when I went back to the Hudson River with the Navy SEALs, that's what, one of the things that really was attractive to me because the Navy SEALs have high standards, right? So I've been used to playing at high standards, right? And, be, and more importantly, Brian, being held accountable. You know, when I was in that position, I was held accountable, right? For the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? And he, he what was, was a great lesson for me, right? In your leadership role, you have to be, you have to not only lead, but you have to be held accountable for those decisions. And those, that's what I think is challenging in the, in the country right now. People are not being held accountable to the decisions they're making mm. and executing. And that's just a, um, just a personal perspective. Yeah. I interviewed another guest uh, recently and, and we talked about how comfortable we have made it for young people. Uh, you know, there's no need to get out and hustle because it's so comforting to, to just have fun and play video games, if you will. And we, and we really need to have them some accountability like you're discussing to turn and transform this, this country. And in fact, this world around it's, it's going to take some leaders to do that. Well, I agree. Can I add one more piece of information based on what you just said? Please. Yeah, I, I think one of the greatest lessons my parents gave me is they, they put consequences to all of their kids. For all they made us, they made us make decisions and have consequences, good and bad, right? There's positive and yeah. negative. And I think that was one of the greatest learning experiences of my life because I was held accountable and how had consequences of those decisions. And I think that that's one of the challenges as a parent I know I've been guilty of. You know, I have not made my kids make enough decisions. So when they have to make a decision, they come to me. I'm like, you need to make your own. But they don't know how to make decisions and be held accountable. And I tell them, I give them the story, which I write about in my new book, is about, you know, when I came back from my freshman year, my freshman first semester in college, and I had a 2.0 average, my dad was not really happy. Uh, he said, from this point on, you're paying for your own education because obviously you don't value it too much. And I, he held me account. I had to pay for my own education from that point on. And I had to get very creative and really resourceful on how to do that. But he made me make a decision, right, on how I was going to do it, if I wanted it bad enough, which is exactly what you just said. We got to teach this next generation on how to make decisions and be held accountable. And for those kind of decisions they're going to make, because they're the ones that are going to be running the world here pretty soon, if not right now. Dave, I, I love to read about the World War II veterans and, and people that transformed and, and stood up to, yep. to defend evil. And we talk about that being the greatest generation. I would like to challenge this present generation in times like these, we need a great generation. We, we, we need some people that will stand up. It's, it's not the world war per se yet, but it is so many obstacles and so much dis, just dis. I'm trying to think of a word I could use for all everything that's going on in our society. It, this array, if you will, that we need someone to step up and say, okay, we're not going to, we're not going to go this way. We, we need to, we need to do a better job of, of caring for each other 
and growing and developing each other. And, and I, I talk about this a couple of times on the podcast. Our politicians used to be able to have debate without hate. And today it's, it's polarized one side or the other. And, and we can't even have a debate without it, there being, you know, a lot of hate spewed. So I'm, I'm looking forward to better times. I, I agree with you. I think that's, uh, you know, far before my dad passed away and all this stuff was going on, we had this discussion and he's like, you know, he was, our, my, he was a World War II guy, right? I mean, that's when he was back and, you know, he said, you know, we survived that and the way we survived that is we, we basically stuck together. We, we stayed yeah. together, right? And that's what you're saying right now. We can't even stay together right now because we can't even have a discussion, right? Without somebody getting uh, emotional. Yeah. It doesn't matter what topic it is. It does not matter what topic it is. It, we won't even listen. We won't even we won't even hear the other person out because they're from the other side. And that, that's right. it's not it's never gonna work. It's it, that is not gonna work. No. Well, well today, Dudley, we're, we're, or Dave, we're gonna we're gonna dive into a little more. You know, you talk, you now speak to audiences and use your your experience with the miracle on the Hudson, your experience with Tony Robbins. And you talk about having a distinct advantage. This is a great segue. Hey, we, we want to change the world and have better leaders in the world. What is a distinct advantage and how do we use that? Well, thank you. Because it, 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 it just came to me one day as I, I was having a couple of discussions. And all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? I think everybody, you know, has, and I, and I even use the analogy I just wrote about. You know, if you look at a superhero, right? Let's say a Captain America or it doesn't matter. They all have an origin story. And the origin story not only tells you how they got there, but what powers do they have, but more importantly, how they're going to use those powers. See, I think everybody's got an origin story. Everybody's got a power, where I call the distinct advantage. Something you're uniquely gifted for and most passionate about. Everybody's got one. The question is, how, do you, how, how are you going to use it? Most people don't develop it. They don't use it. What they're uniquely gifted for, but more importantly, passionate about. Because I think it's got to be together. See, I can be uniquely gifted for something, but if I don't care, it doesn't really matter. Or I can be passionate about making a billion dollars, but if I'm not, <laughs> I don't have the gifts to be able to pull it off or the resources, how am I going to do it? So all of a sudden, it sort of came to me one day after a discussion. It's like, and I was thinking about, you know, I was watching an origin, origin story. I think it was Doctor Strange is the one, right? And he had an origin story. And what, it, what his part of his story was what? He had a mentor, just like I did. And all of a sudden, I was like relating things, right? I was like, okay, you had the ancient one as a mentor. I had a, I had mentors, right? They taught me these things, these unique things, right, that I could put in, and I had a power. My power is to be able to help people uh, be able to accomplish whatever they want to accomplish. I have strategies on how to do that because I've done it, and that's why I went back to the Hudson River a few a few weeks ago with the SEALs. Show people how you can do it. At 60 years old, I'm doing this, right? These guys are 30 and 40 years old, you know? So – uh, that's what a distinct advantage to me means. You, what you're uniquely gifted at and most passionate about. Dave, our, our friend Larry Levine helped me develop that question I asked at the, at the beginning of the podcast. What does leadership and being a leader mean to you? And after asking that many times now, I realize leadership, leaders have a DNA. Yep. It, it's, it's unique to you. It's a, like our fingerprint, our ear, our eyeball. Everything is unique about us. And I, I used to have this sticker on my door that said, you're unique like everyone else. Yep. It's kind of funny that, that we are, but but what you're talking about is this, this distinct advantage. Each one of us has something to give to society, yep. and if we can learn to hone those skills and grow that, it's going to be good for everyone. Yeah, and I mean, and I, and what I just wrote about is 
what I needed, I, I, I knew it. I knew something, right? But I had a jolt, and that jolt was the plane crash. And that woke me up. And that's when I started realizing. It's like, and, and people say, well, and I'm writing about this in my book. <clears throat> people think the plane crash was the incident, but it wasn't. It was about 10 days later when something happened. And I, part of the story is I had an elderly lady come hear me speak at my church. And she came up to me and just grabbed my arm and said, I was questioning if there's a God. And I don't believe in miracles, but you're a physical evidence there's a God and he does miracles. And then she looked at me and I said, thank you. Thank you. And that was the moment that I realized how I could impact people's lives by doing what I'm doing. I impacted this lady. I tell people, I don't know if she, if she changed her mind five seconds later, right? I, I don't know. But at least in that second, she believed in something greater than herself, right? And she had gratitude. And I said, that's, that's it. That's my distinct advantage. I can do this and I can share this with people in a way that will help them understand that it's not about them. It's something bigger than them. And they just show gratitude, right? Because I think grace is fueled by gratitude. The more gratitude you give, the more grace you get, the more grace you get, the more opportunity you get in life. That is wonderful, Dave. And, and we've reached that point of podcast. We've got to start wrapping things up. I want to ask the listeners, what is your distinct advantage and how are you using it to make society better? I think, I think that's going to be what we're going to close this out with. I'm going to bring up Dave's website for those that are watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to this and I'll have this in the show notes, it, it's Dave Sanderson speaks.com. If you will tell our listeners what they can find at your website. Well, thank you. It's like usual, most everybody's websites under construction. Mine is too. But right now, if you go out there, you'll see pretty much anything you want to know about me, but you'll also see what I'm, what I'm passionate about right now about taking care of these homeless vets. And you'll see a little video about that and how I do that. And, you know, I was very blessed, Brian, to be able to help raise over $14 million for the Red Cross. And now I'm trying to do that for homeless vets. So, you know, I, I tell people, you know, you'll find my books. I've got two books out there. You'll find another one. Another one's coming out next month called Turmoil to Triumph. Very excited about this book because it really tells the story about my story about my mentors with Bill and Tony and how they, those stories that how they impacted me. And then all of a sudden had that one, that one defining moment that really changed everything for me and how you too can use what we just talked about your distinct advantage and how you can find your distinct advantage. So yeah, and if you go out to LinkedIn every Monday, I write a blog about some of these, uh, some of these topics that I talk about, about leadership and really about, you know, how, how to have the mindset of resiliency how in something called, I did a TED talk on about PTGS, post-traumatic growth syndrome. How do you grow out of a traumatic life event? So that's the best way to get to find out about me. Go to my website at DaveSandersonSpeaks.com and go to LinkedIn to check me out. That sounds wonderful, Dave. And for our listeners, we'll definitely include that in the show notes. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast today. Do me a favor, wherever you're listening to this podcast, go to that platform, leave us an honest review and rating, share this podcast with others. Hey, you can share the last passenger off the Hudson River uh, experience with, with, with your family or friends or your coworkers. So, so share this with them. It's a great story. And Dave's just a wonderful guy. Also, go to our website, buildcs.net. Check out our events and what we offer there. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.